Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every week is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. Now, whether you're a sports fanatic, entertainment enthusiast, or billboard watcher, you've probably seen the work of our guest this morning, multi-award-winning Hall of Fame photographer, George Kalinske. So whether you're preparing a nice Sunday breakfast or going out for an early run, or maybe getting ready for that early virtual sunrise service. We thank you for making us a part of your morning. We'll talk photography, sports, and otherwise next on New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Well, award-winning photographer George Kalinske is one of the most famous image makers of our time or any time. His lens has captured some of the most important faces, places, and events in the world of sports, entertainment, and politics. As the official photographer of Madison Square Garden at Radio City Music Hall, he has created many iconic images, newsmakers such as Frank Sinatra, Muhammad Ali, Pope Paul II, Billie Jean King, Bill Russell, Peggy Fleming, Mariano Rivera, Patrick Ewing, and many others. Let's say good morning to photographer extraordinaire George Kalinske. George, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you for inviting me on your show. I love your show. Well, I appreciate that, George. I appreciate that very much. Look, let's begin with the latest and work our way back, okay? You, along with the list of uh, awards you've received over your illustrious career that we mentioned in the open, you have just received the Kurt Gowdy Award uh, from the Hall of Fame because of your work uh, and contributions to the sport of basketball. Now, George, take me through this. It just happened. You just had the ceremony a couple of weeks ago. Take me through that, and, and how did that feel? When John DeLeva, who's the president of the Basketball Hall of Fame, called me and told me that I had been elected to the Hall of Fame with the Kurt Gowdy Award, I, I, words just can't tell you, uh, can't say what you really feel uh, and the amount of uh, honor that you feel to, to win an award like that. Because also, I mean, I, I never thought I would be a basketball player, but I love playing basketball. It would be the last thing in my mind that I would think of that I would be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And I just, uh, I'm just so honored and uh, thrilled and to be on a show like yours and to be able to chat with you. Uh, is just part of the glory and the honor that uh, comes with the uh, with the award. You know what, George? You're the perfect example of how so many people may not be able to live out their dream to be a professional athlete, but you can still stay sport close to the sports you love, right? And that's how you were able Absolutely. to do that, even though you're not just limited to sports. Well, you said it well, and uh, to be able to, I mean. If you play sports of any kind, you, you you would dream if someone said, "What would the, what would the ultimate award award be that you would want to win uh, from playing this sport?" And obviously, uh, being in the Hall of Fame is like the ultimate award. But for you to to actually win this award, it's like unbelievable. It's really uh, uh, I just feel so blessed and uh, uh, so happy and privileged to be able to be the photographer of Madison Square Garden. To be the photographer of Madison Square Garden is is a very important uh, role that you play in the world of sports. And I can't, uh, entertainment, uh, I probably have taken more sports and entertainment pictures than anybody. And, uh, and it's, it's 55 years that I've been 
the photographer for the garden. And I, it's been 55 years of, of thrills and fun and enjoyment. But I take my job seriously because you can't, you can't screw up. You got to take the last shot and make it. You got to do all the things that we relate to in sports. Uh, I relate to my photography. There's no question about that. And I can vouch for that firsthand. I've seen you taking a gazillion pictures <laughs> in the times that I've had to cover various events, sporting events and others at Madison Square Garden. But, George, how did you get started in photography? I was a, a sports cartoonist uh, back on Long Island. I did work for Mike Lee at the, uh, at the Long Island Press, and I did some work for Willard Mullen, and I, I also did work for news uh, newsday and i uh i just love drawing and since i was four years old i four or five years old i i enjoyed drawing pictures and i i may believe that i was on the cover of a magazine <laughs> so i didn't uh i wasn't a photographer at the time but i would take certain pictures that were drawings uh, it could be the president or it could be an athlete or an entertainment entertainer and then i would uh, create these covers and I, someday I was, I said to myself, someday I would like to be on a cover. And I guess, uh, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the, the privilege of being able to, uh, do the, uh, do the photographs for, and, uh, to take the, uh, to take the pictures that you're, you're able to use on, on covers has uh, it's, it's been fabulous for me. And uh, I'm, I'm actually avoiding your question. Your question is, how did I get started? And I, um, I I really started because of the artwork. I went to the Miami Herald. They wanted to hire me as their sports and, and uh, political cartoonist. Um, I had to decide uh, where I wanted to be in my life, uh, in my work, uh, what part of the country. I mean, I, I, you sort of go when you're looking for work, you're sort of looking for what's the best place to be. And somehow I was in the right place at the right time because um, I, I saw Muhammad Ali and, and uh, I saw Muhammad Ali and, and uh, Howard Cosell on a street corner. And I went over to them and I said to, uh, I said to Cosell, what are you doing here? I didn't know him. I just asked him, uh, what are you doing here? And he said, I'm here to interview the champ, uh, Muhammad Ali. And I, I said, wow. And in the next uh, few seconds, I see Muhammad Ali walking over to Cosell and they shake hands and they go into the fifth street gym. And I follow them into the gym and Angelo Dundee says, you can't come into the gym unless you pay a dollar. And I said, and it just can't. And I had the camera uh, that I used for photographing my family around my neck. And I, I said, I'm the photographer of Madison Square Garden. Wow. And Angelo looks at me and he, he knows I'm not the photographer of, of anything. Except I, would, I knew I was a photographer of my family. And uh, so I, anyway, Angelo said, you got to pay a dollar. And I said, I'm the photographer of Madison Square Garden. It just came out of my mouth. And the next thing I know is uh, I, I pay Angelo the dollar that he wants. And he said, okay, comedian, come on in. <laughs> so I, I go in and I take some photographs of Muhammad Ali walking out. The next uh, thing I know is I, I was listening to radio and he was the top of the news and I brought my roll of film to the Miami Herald and they developed a roll of film. And um, from that one roll of film, I 
I became the photographer of Madison Square Garden by going to John Condon with the roll of film and showing him my pictures. And he said, if you have the chutzpah to come to me with one roll of film, I have the chutzpah to hire you. And that's how I became the photographer of the Garden and the photographer of the Nixon Rangers. That's an amazing story. George Kalinske is my guest. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. George, take me through how the equipment of photography has changed over the years from the time you first started taking that little, <laughs> taking that, your, your family camera and taking a picture of Muhammad Ali and Howard Cosell to what you're using today. I remember going into the gym uh, when Angelo said, okay, comedian, come on in. And I, I, I looked, I, I had a good camera and I had a good camera because I was smart enough to buy one, uh, which I, I figured if I'm going to take pictures, I might as well have uh, a good camera to take them with. And uh, the pictures really had to do with my design work and artwork. And I was really just photographing those things uh, to have in my portfolio. And um, But I looked in the camera and I see Ali's face. It was like the first thing I see. Uh, and as a, and looking at the first famous person I ever saw, and I, I, I looked at the picture and uh, 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 something just came over to me. I, it, it just came over me, and I, I said, I can, I can do this. And it was like a love that came to me immediately after I, I started taking the photographs, like seconds after I started taking the photographs of Ali. And I, uh, and then there was a picture I took of Howie Cosell, uh, interviewing Ali. And that was my first roll of film. And I get in a car and I take the roll of film to Miami Hill. They develop it. And, uh, they asked me if they can put one picture over the wire service. And I said, um, I was honored that they would. And the next thing I know, which is the next day, one of my pictures is all over the world. And I, I take that one roll of film that I had, and I go to John Condon, which I'm repeating a story, but I go to Condon, and he, he, he says that if you have the chutzpah to come to me with one roll of film, I have the chutzpah to hire you. And I, I, by looking through the, the lens and seeing Ali's face and seeing the sweat on his, his, his face, and then following him in the, in the ring and, and how he, he always made himself uh, uh, looked like a victim. And, uh, he just was being hit by his sparring partners and hit by his sparring partners over and over again. And um, it was, and I'm saying, I love this. This is, I, I mean, I, I immediately, I fell immediately in love with photography. And that's how it really started that uh, I became, uh, the, I had the interest that I did. When New York Sports and Beyond returns, What's the secret? What does George Kalinske look for in the photograph? We'll find out. We are 98.7 ESPN New York. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversation with award-winning photographer and author George Kalinske. Is it something, George, of the faces of your subjects that really capture you, that really give you the idea of, of how you want to shoot them or different angles or stuff like that? How important are their facial expressions to you or the actions that they're doing at the time? Facial expressions to me is everything. Uh, I I think in taking photographs, I think you should be aware of design first, that uh, you must have, it's like writing a composition. You want a composition to have good factual 
and creative design, and you have to uh, learn design. It's, it's, it's something that you may have in you to some extent, but you have to learn it. And by learning it and learning how to create things that make uh, artistic sense, uh, it's, it's sort of the difference between myself and photographers who have uh, uh, went to design school or learned design in some way uh, or, or did painting and they were painters. Those people who were able to create whatever they did through their art, uh, art talent uh, are the ones that just get the better pictures as time goes on. But I just, uh, I just was thrilled with the idea that I can be able to take pictures uh, and be uh, and take and and be able to even combine my pictures with, um, uh, combine my pictures with, uh, with those uh, images that would that would make. Uh, the emotion of a person uh, be more prominent. Uh, your question was, uh, how do you see the way you take pictures today and, and what does it mean? Well, the digital world has opened up a whole new area for people to take pictures. And the digital photography and through the uh, digital cameras and uh, all, all the different uh, world of, of, of being able to uh, plug everything into everything else. It's just, uh, uh, it's an amazing thing to, to take a picture. Like, it's only like eight, nine years ago that you, you take a picture of a, a kid and who's maybe three years old, that's, or two years old even, and you can see that uh, the two-year or three-year-old or four-year-old they want to see that picture immediately. They know what's going on in um, in, in the world of digital, and they know that uh, being part of the digital world, whether it um, whether it be in in, uh, in school or uh, just in, at home, they want to they want to see that picture immediately. It's like um, immediately. You, you get uh, immediate gratification by taking a, a picture because, and the kid who you're taking a picture of, they want to see that picture immediately. It's just changed. Uh, that, that one image somehow answers the uh, question that you're asking. Mm-hmm. That, um, that they, they want to see immediately what it is. When we were young, we brought the we brought our, our, our film to the drugstore. The drugstore developed it. You went back the next day to get it. Now it's a whole different thing. It's a split second. You have your picture that you want. George, from your experiences, and you you photoed a number of of great folks. Which has been the easier because they're both in entertainment? Which has been, and I'm asking you to paint a broad brush. Which has been the easiest to photog to to photograph? Has it been sports stars or entertainment stars like a Frank Sinatra or Elton John or uh, somebody of that nature? Well, some people ask me what is the my favorite sport or or, or entertainer uh, to photograph, and it it just. It's just uh, I just feel privileged that I'm able to take both entertainment and photography, uh, sports photography, and I I feel that um, 
by being able to take both sports and and entertainment it's really it's the same it's the same ideas it's the same uh design uh that you follow it's uh by taking by being able to take uh both sports and entertainment it's like it's the same thing you want the emotion to come from the face uh and i i usually have the feeling that uh, if you if you follow the rules of, have, of photographing the hands, the eyes, at least being aware of uh, photographing the hands, the eyes, and the mouth, that you ha- your photographs will be that much better, because you want the you want the emotions of of the event. The same emotions are in the uh, in the pictures that I take of of entertainment as they are in in uh, in taking pictures of sporting events. Uh, I, I, if I take Ali Frazier or uh, any boxing, or if I go to uh, Elton John and John Lennon, there's the same emotional uh, feelings that you get out of those people because you're able to tap into their heart. You're able to tap into their desires uh, of, of being able to take well-designed pictures. And... It's it's just an amazing thing to to shoot for that one uh, dominant part of the picture of the event that you're taking. Uh, I I remember uh, photographing uh, early on in my career of uh, a college basketball game, and I'm looking at uh, from my vantage point. I'm looking at the people, and I'm saying, "Gee, there's patterns there. Uh, there's patterns in the." And and how you take the pictures, and patterns meaning that if I photograph or uh, I take pictures of somebody sitting on the bench, and whether it's the coach or one of the players, and they uh, are jumping up and and sort of uh, being part of the rhythm of of the game, uh, and then something else happens and they jump up in the same way. You see, those are part of the patterns, uh, even the, the patterns of life. If you see somebody do something uh, that brings about emotion or feelings, you're able to tap into that and, and photograph them, showing the uh, different emotions and feelings. So, um, the and the patterns that I find in sports and entertainment are the same patterns that uh, people find in life. So um, it's just uh, it's a privilege to be able to photograph these events and and photograph the great moments, and but you also have to capture c- capture these great moments. And I've been I guess I've been fortunate enough, fortunate enough, I've been fortunate to do that, and um, I I just feel uh, I feel blessed that I'm able to do something that I love. That um, uh, that I I'm part of the world's most famous arena. That I'm in, I photograph my subjects on the world's greatest stage. Uh, I I have in front of me the world's greatest athletes and entertainers. I mean, this is something that just doesn't come for everybody. This is something that if you're lucky enough to get this, uh, and get to, if you're lucky enough to get these events, uh, to be able to add to your portfolio, then I must be doing something right. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'd I say so. I've been thrilled by the opportunity. 
I'd say so, George. George Kalinsky is my guest. He's the, the official photographer of Madison Square Garden in Radio City, also a Hall of Famer, recent Kirk Galley Award winner. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 987 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Speaking of Hall of Fames, let's go back to 2009, George, when you dedicated, when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame dedicated an exhibit of some of your photos of the rock stars, including Elvis Presley, Bruce Springsteen, Jimi Hendrix, the Beatles, it goes on and on. What was that like for you, and what was it like walking in seeing these exhibits in this grand area of the Hall of Fame of Rock and Roll? I think that when I had, I was honored at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, and my photographs were up and uh, they did a, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame did a fabulous job of uh, making me look good and I, um, it was just at that moment in my life, I think that was the, uh, the work that I did that I felt more strongly about than any other and to uh, to be involved in music as you grow up meaning that i i enjoyed music like anybody else enjoys music but eventually to to uh to be part of it by actually being and uh, having an exhibit in the rock and roll hall of fame um i mean that, that's that's huge to me i i don't i don't really see uh being in a sports uh, museum or being in a sports a Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I don't see that being more important. I see it being equal to uh, to being. If you're in a Hall of Fame, that must mean that you're doing something better than someone else is doing in the with the same subject. And I I just was thrilled to be part of the uh, the ceremonies and uh, to be honored at, as uh, as a photographer in rock and roll. It's. Uh, I mean, you can't believe uh, you, as you're growing up, you just can't believe these things could be happening to you. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it's an amazing career, George. And then, let's talk about the uh, New York Historical Society Museum that unveiled the "I Am King of the World" photographs and that relationship with you and Muhammad Ali that started by you walk following them in and paying a dollar to Angelo Dundee. And now it gets you all the way through to where you have just a nice relationship with the uh, the late great Muhammad Ali. Being in the, uh, the New York Historical Society Museum was, uh, I mean, everything that came my way, as it came my way, I, I said, this is the greatest honor you can get. And you get another honor. Uh, and and it, it just, uh, it's just mind-boggling. But the, uh, to be represented in New York, and in one of the great museums in the, in the world, and which is right here in New York, the New York Historical Society, and it really is a great museum. Um, I was fortunate enough uh, to have an exhibit with uh, Leroy Neiman, uh, and Leroy was uh, a really great friend. We 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 talked for hours and hours and hours about how you survive in the world of entertainment and sports. And uh, the New York Historical Society just is a place that you represent or they represent you in terms of uh, being able to create uh, great uh, great work in terms of being able to combine Leroy's work and my work. And they, show, uh, they showed how I captured certain things with, and I captured certain things with, uh, with my camera, as he was able to capture certain things with his 
uh, with his uh, his brush and uh, Leroy was, in my opinion, was one of the great artists of all time. Absolutely. A lot of people don't didn't give Leroy the credit that he really deserved. And but he was a, a nice person. He was a great person. And when Ali and um, and Leroy and I were together, which we were a lot, we were together a lot. And in fact, was, was to, Frank Sinatra comes into this picture too. And um, it was uh, it was just a great. It was just another great thrill to be associated with uh, with Ali, with his uh, having my pictures in the museum, and uh, having them up with Leroy Neiman, who, in his own right. Uh, I felt was uh, the two, one of the truly great artists of all time. Let's follow up with Muhammad Ali, George, and let's go back to 1971 when the nose-to-nose shots that you took, okay, with uh, Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, uh, the signature photo of the fight of the century. Take, take us back to that and how did that come about? I always, uh, when I found out that uh, that Ali and Frazier were going to fight at the and at the garden, uh, I asked John Condon, who was the head of PR and the guy who gave me my first job, I I, I asked John uh, if I can get the two fighters together, and um, I said, uh, you want me to do publicity for the, for this fight, and the best way to get publicity for the fight is to get the two fighters together. I said no one ever did a nose to nose shot before. I wanted I want to do that. So uh, John arranges for Ali and Frazier to be together in Joe Frazier's gym in Philadelphia, and um, we uh, we we went into the into Joe's gym uh, and into the ring that was in Joe's gym, and I I had them spar together. And I had them nose to nose and head to head. Now at that point, no one else had ever, had ever done that before. And I, I, I poured water on their face for sweat. I got Vaseline on them so it should look like real heavy sweat. And uh, I, I said, "Come on, guys! I need a good shot of you guys of nose to nose. It's never been done before. And I want you to help me get the shot. So this will be if it comes out right. This will be the." the main picture for the, for the publicity of the fight. And so Joe is a little shy, but yeah. Ali is a showman. And what Ali was best at was being a salesman. And he, he said, come on, uh, let's, let's, he was saying himself, come on, let's, 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 let's do a good job. And, uh, so they start sparring back and forth and I get really great shots of, of this. And then the next thing I know is Joe, uh, I saw the look on Joe's face, and I, and this is the first time these two guys are ever together, certainly in, a, in trunks. And Joe says, come on, let's get it on with. And Joe hits Ali in the stomach so hard that Ali goes down. And mm-hmm. Ali has a smoke, on, a, a smoke on his face, and he says, you son of a gun can really hit. And Joe said, that's the way it's going to be the night of the fight. And I said, oh, my God, the world would like to be here to hear this, to see this, to see Ali down on the ground. Uh, I, I mean, Ali wasn't necessarily hurt, but he did go down. He was stunned by Joe's blow. 
and I, I, I felt that that was the first, um, first opportunity I had to really go worldwide with getting my photographs to look like uh, a, a, an international event. And eventually those photos helped uh, with, this, with the fight, which was, I guess, arguably the greatest sporting event of all time. It was a fabulous event, and Madison Square Garden was the place it should have been held, right? Madison Square Garden was the only place that that fight should have been held. It was the only fight, or the only place that uh, was big enough for that fight, and I mean big enough in terms of its emotions, its feelings, uh, big enough in terms of how uh, the world accepted a fight. You know, Frank Sinatra said it best. He, he combined, I, I became... Through this, uh, through the Ali Pager fight, I became very friendly with Frank Sinatra, and he said, um, "There's no event that you want to be part of that's bigger than a heavyweight championship fight in Madison Square Garden. That is the place that you want to be uh, photographed. That's the place you want to be, you want your event to be." And uh, and eventually, I helped uh, Frank Sinatra with his own poster of when he appeared in the garden where he was uh, in a tuxedo holding his fists up in front of uh, the, the celebrated garden roof. And um, I just, I, I don't, you know, I, I've not mentioned much about luck, but I have been lucky to have a lot of things happen to me at the right time. And I, uh, I can go on and on and on and say many of those things, what many of those things are. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond. I'm Larry Hardesty with my guest, George Kalinske. We'll have more next. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Let's conclude my discussion with the official photographer of Madison Square Garden and Radio City Music Hall, George Kalinske. Now, George, I'm curious. Did you uh, have to work with Frank Sinatra? Because if I remember correctly for that Ali, uh, Ali Frazier fight, wasn't he taking photos for Life magazine? I was sitting in my I was sitting in my office about five days, six days before the first Ali Frazier fight, and in walks Frank Sinatra into my office, and he extends his hand and he says, "Hi, I hear you're a great photographer. I want you to teach me all you know about photography in five minutes." And <laughs> he was he was very funny. He was he was very nice, and that five minutes, which turned out to be three hours of ta- at Patsy's restaurant. Um, turned out to be one of the most important uh, moments of my life uh, to meet Frank Sinatra and to have Frank teach me the ropes of what it was like to be in the celebrity world. And you would later build a relationship with him that caused, uh, as I was reading on, in preparation for this interview, caused his daughter to say in tears that you did the best, uh, took the best photos of her dad she ever saw. I Frank Sinatra, uh, as you know now, was a really good friend. And I got a call three days after Frank died. And it was from Tina Sinatra. And she's crying on the phone to me. And uh, and through the relationships that I I have with uh, many of Sinatra's family, uh, being really close to the family was was so important and like Tina calls and she's, she's, I didn't know how to, how to accept her crying on the phone 
as she was, and she said, George, the picture you took of my father captures the essence of him, captures the essence of my father more than any other picture that was ever taken. And I just want you to know that. And even at this point when he only just passed away days ago, I wanted you to know that because that's how I, that's how I feel. That's how I want you to know. And that's how I want the picture to live as you've captured it. And I just want to thank you over and over and over again for capturing the essence of my father more than any other picture. That had to mean a lot to you. It means everything when somebody who you're taking a picture of, uh, eventually comes back to you and says, that's my, that's my favorite picture, or that's the favorite picture you ever took of my wife or my husband or my boyfriend or whoever, my child. Um, I have pictures that people took from me uh, 50 years ago, and they put it up in, this, in certain parts of their house, and for some reason they never took it down or they never moved it. And people uh, come over and they say that, that picture that you took of my son when he was two years old is still in the same place, and I uh, I love it, and thank you. Do you have a favorite? I mean, it must be hard because you've taken so many photos, but is there one or two maybe that stick out in your mind over your career that you've taken? I really feel um, that for you to be able to take many events that uh, I'm not I'm not tied down to just taking basketball or, or entertainment um, or, or any other uh, politics or, or religion. Uh, I I feel really blessed that I'm able to take pictures that other people um, that other people love, and that, and that I can take so many um, different subject matters. Um, I can, I can believe it or not. You can go to photograph ballet at night. You can go to a, a circus in the next morning or in the afternoon. There's just I, I can I can uh, photograph Elton John and John Lennon playing together, and Elton John is playing in his first event at Madison Square Garden, and John Lennon is playing with him. Is playing his last. He's playing his last event at, that he will ever play before he was shot, and to, that's a good example of capturing a picture with a with a lot of luck. I I I was able to photograph what I thought was a great shot of just Elton John and John Lennon, but then a year later, when you find out that this was the last picture. It was ever taken of of either of of, of, uh, of John Lennon. Uh, you, you you begin to wonder, what, what, you know, how lucky can you get? Mm-hmm. So um, I've been blessed. I've been lucky. Luck has been a very important part of my career, and I just feel that uh, to be able to take so many pictures, uh, iconic pictures, I guess you might say, um, and I. I just, uh, I guess I, I can sum it up by the last time that Elton John went out to play at the, at the Garden about a year and a half ago. And uh, I, I made up the picture of, uh, of John Lennon and Elton John uh, for, as a, a gift for Elton, for Elton John. And 
I just uh, I explain uh, I'm, I'm by the stage. Uh, Elton John is going out in five minutes, and I we present him with the picture, and he I told him that this was a picture that uh, was the last time that John Lennon ever performed, and he and Elton John's involvement, and he just looked at the picture, and it's again five minutes before he's going out on stage, and. He just looked at the picture and he, he said, nothing. He said, absolutely nothing. He said, I had no idea. And he started crying. The tears said all the words that he meant to say. Wow. And I thought that that touching moment, um, it's, it's, I, I, I'm listening to myself explain this moment. And I say to myself, you cannot, Tell a picture, tell a story of the picture, as good as you can take the picture, mm. and explain it that way. And I guess I I wish that I had the uh, ability to speak uh, a lot better than I do. But the emotions and feelings that come out of these events and come out of these pictures and come out of the moments that create these pictures uh, just make me so happy uh, that I'm able to capture these great moments and events and for, and for these pictures to eventually become iconic. Uh, I, I know a quickie story about going into the locker room uh, when Elvis was going to perform again. It was only five or ten minutes before Elvis was going out and uh, I introduced myself to Elvis and he's got this beautiful white uh, jumpsuit on with the diamonds and it turns out that Elvis was performing in New York for the first time, and he was very shy. And uh, you know, you realize that immediately when you when you when you come right into the presence of Elvis Presley. And I certainly was mesmerized by by looking at him. And he, he tells me, he says, "What was the greatest moment you ever had in the garden? There must have been a million of them." And I look at him, and I look at the white jumpsuit and the, and the diamonds, and I say, Elvis, right now is my greatest moment in the garden. Mm. And um, that meant something to him. It certainly meant something to me. And I feel that um, to see this picture grow as years go on, as as an iconic shot or as the iconic shot of Elvis, uh, it, it just made me feel... Uh, like life is worthwhile doing what you're doing. Well, you know, George, they say, and you would obviously agree that the picture's worth a thousand words. So throughout your career, you've said a lot. <laughs> and we thank you for joining us this morning on New York Sports and Beyond to just take a small bit of your career and the great work that you're doing. And George, keep up that fabulous work and we'll talk again soon, my friend. Thank you, Larry, for having me on. You're terrific, and I really appreciate it. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesley. We thank you for listening. We'll join you this evening during the week on ESPN New York Tonight with Gordon Damer and right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my producer, Ray Santiago, and the coach, Anthony Pusick, I'm Larry Hardesley. Next, the conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN New York.